focusing on uh, emerging sports and um, specifically, you know, new and emerging sports and leagues. Um, after the last panel, kind of feel like Doc Ellis going out to uh, pitch on LSD after uh, <laughs> after all the talk about psychedelics. Um, but this is this is the one I'm I'm really excited for. Uh, as you know, uh, a founder uh, and product person myself, but also as a sports fan, um, I uh, I live in Los Angeles. LA has about I don't know how many sports teams, but uh, I'm also proud to say over the past few years I've been a I've been a proud season ticket holder for uh, Angel City FC, LA's uh, professional women's soccer team, and uh, I will say as like you know what people were calling like the number eight nine sport in the city of Los Angeles. I have so much more fun going to games, um, being there, the energy. Uh, it's a very different fan experience than a lot of the other sports in Los Angeles. So, you know, what what you guys are doing in your companies is something that's really exciting to me and, you know, big fan of what you're doing. Um, so with that, while I wear my, uh, yeah, my bucket hat to add some color to the afternoon, uh, why don't you guys take away and give a little bit of your background and uh, the companies that you're a part of? Um, Sora, why don't you take it away? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Jake. Uh, great to be here. Uh, excited to talk about sports. Uh, although we could talk, talk about psychedelics too, maybe we can weave them in the conversation. Uh, so, I uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment. We created the first. Uh, interactive uh, sports league uh, called Fan Controlled Football, uh, which really kind of played like a real life video game, real life Madden. Uh, we let fans do everything from uh, name the teams to designing the logos to drafting the real players uh, to calling plays in real time uh, during the games. Uh, have had two seasons of Fan Controlled Football. Uh, the vision uh, for uh, the company has always been to build this platform that kind of turns live sports into uh, interactive uh, experiences. Um, and so we're now uh, pushing into other sports. We actually did our first uh, fan-controlled auto race with NASCAR back in November, where fan, we took over a car for a race. Fans got to pick the driver, design the car, uh, and also uh, make real-time strategic decisions during the race. Uh, and we've got uh, three or four more sports on the way uh, this year, uh, which are all interactive. So my, you know, my background, my co-founder's backgrounds, uh, all really platform, kind of mobile gaming, uh, had run a couple of venture-backed companies and had some successful exits. All huge sports nerds and fans and geeks and uh, wanted to move uh, our second part of our careers into sports. And I've been doing this for seven years. I've never had more fun. It is an unbelievably incredible experience, uh, obviously with the fans at the heart of it. It's been, a, it's been really, really great to do. Awesome. Yeah, love love fan control football. It's such a fun experience to to get to watch games, participate. Um, really great stuff. Uh, all right, uh, Ted, why don't you take away? Hey guys, uh, yeah, Ted Moskovitz, I'm one of the founders of the Texas Ranchers Major League Pickleball Team, uh, based in Austin, Texas. Uh, my background is as a securities lawyer at the SEC um, in corporation finance, doing like IPOs for tech companies. Um, then as a founder, I had a SaaS company. Um, then ran kind of like a incubator accelerator for a little while. Um, and then an early stage venture fund with one of my best friends, which I've been doing for the last seven years or so. Um, and founded and sold some other stuff along the way. 
Um, but now, yeah, I jumped into uh, the sports world kind of full on um, and I'm running one of the teams in uh, Major League Pickleball. Awesome. Amazing. Uh, all right. Only LARPing. Go for it. Yeah. Pleasure to be here, guys. Sorry, I've got a <clears throat> pretty bad cold. Uh, but yeah, one of the co-founders of Karate Combat. Karate Combat, we, we built um, as a sports league for the next generation of fans. So we distribute uh, across linear and digital at the same time for free everywhere. The rule sets basically UFC without the wrestling. Uh, on the production side, we try and make every event look like a real life version of Mortal Kombat. Uh, so we do these crazy 3D VFX backgrounds and uh, kind of unreal real world locations. And for the last two years, we've dove headfirst into Web3. Sorry for, hold on one sec. Uh, we, we dove headfirst into Web3. We transformed the entire league and it's uh, the entire league's governed and gamified by a token. Awesome, yeah. And for, I didn't mention the beginning, um, so my name's Jay Craven. I'm one of the team members on Denari, but I'm also head of product at Knights of Degen and founder of LeagueDAO, a Web3 fantasy sports company or uh, community. Uh, but actually before that, I was at a, one of the first um, video on demand streaming platforms that were specifically building in the Web3 space. So tokenizing content. And I, it comes to mind every, uh, very often, it was about 2018, 2019 that we were, were talking to Karate Combat and you guys were one of the first like sports brands to be interested in tokenization in Web3 in just like looking at how you can integrate this new technology into what you're doing. And that always, always stood out to me. Uh, so I got to give you, give you guys a shout out for that. Thanks. Uh, so, all right, well, you know, to, to dig in, I think, you know, one of the, the key things I think that all of you guys mentioned and, 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 are playing with is is looking at not just like okay how do we create a new sport it's well for one it's not just the sport right it's not about the people playing the sport it's more about the fans and people that are watching it and the entertainment value so i mean we'll start with you sora but like in maybe if you can give a little bit of a, a touch on sort of some of the stuff that you guys have been doing to create a different fan experience and of course you mentioned the you know, contributing to play decision and stuff like that. But, you know, there's other stuff you guys have been working on and exploring uh, beyond that. Yeah, look, I think, you know, part of our vision, again, going back to this idea of connecting physical and digital and gamifying uh, these real world experiences was uh, to really reward fans for the time that they spend and put into uh, you know, being a fan. Uh, so we created uh, what we call our fan leaderboards. Every one of our fans has something called Fan IQ. And the more time you spend, the more content you consume, the more you contribute, uh, the better uh, decisions you make, right? As, as, you, as you play and, and, and help your team, you move up your team's leaderboard. And so the higher you are on that leaderboard, the more of a voice, the more of an impact, the more your, 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 your vote carries. And to me, as you look at, you know, from just gaming in general, right? Lead leaderboards are huge. People want to kind of uh, compete to, to move up. They want, you know, badges and they want to, they want to be able to show off being a fan, right? We're all, you know, Jake threw, you, you threw your hat on, right? Like we're proud to be fans of our teams. Um, and so I think what we really try to do is, is connect that, uh, you know, that, uh, de that desire to be recognized and the time you're putting in to the impact that you can actually have you know, in the real world for your team. Um, and to me, you know, talk about tokenization and, 
I think that goes right into you know our thoughts on Web three. Uh, you know, we've got something uh, we call the control token. Uh, right now, you can download the control app and start earning control token uh, in the app. And you know, we, we're we're building a very big kind of Web three experience uh, in and around uh, fan controlled sports. Uh, with that said. We're onboarding a lot of people that don't know what Web3 is, don't care, don't care about NFTs, don't care about tokens. So we are really making this a easy onboarding Web2 experience. It's a mobile app you download. We've got mini games you can play, uh, right? It feels like uh, any other app or, or, uh, or experience you would, you would download it and, and, and connect to. And our goal is to kind of on, onboard this next, you know, millions of people into the, into the system uh, and then slowly educate them on what it is that they have and what is they're earning um, and, and how we can move that forward. And, and you know, one other thing we did, we uh, in season two, we had teams that were gated by NFTs. So you had to own one of our NFTs called a baller uh, in order to participate. Uh, we knew that would be Web3 only, right? I mean, you're not, not finding a whole lot of Web2 people that are going to pay $350 for an NFT to be a fan of a team. Uh, but what we saw was the people that paid were so passionate, so engaged. And we saw three, four X engagement from the people on the web three side. Now granted there was 10 X less people, uh, but they were three or four X uh, engaged because they paid, you know, it, it meant something to them and, and, and they kind of went through that paywall to, to be a part of that team. Um, so I think there's a really, there's something there. There's a blend in the middle, right? Where the, where, where the next iteration for us is a freemium model, right? Where everybody's free, every team is free, but you can, uh, you know, buy and spend uh, to help increase your status in, in, for your team. Um, and, and, and by doing that, you get a little more uh, juice. So I think that becomes a really good mix of, of uh, the next iteration of what we're, what we're focused on. Awesome. Do you, uh, only LARPing, you guys you have anything to, to share on from the karate combat side? Can't hear you if you're. Uh... Sorry about that. Oh. Sorry about that. I moved up my uh, mic because I was coughing so hard. But uh, yeah, if you poll our demographic of 20 to 40 year old males, like almost half of them will say they don't enjoy watching sports anymore unless they have a bet on it. And that data point, that thesis is really why we went headfirst into Web3. We've got this large awareness, turning that into super fandoms really hard. It takes decades or infinite capital or lightning in a bottle. But we think with our demo, there's potentially a route to shortcut it by financializing things a little bit. And so when we, we came up with this idea that we ended up building and branding up only gaming to get our fans a little bit of financial upside on every fight, uh, we went for it. Awesome. All right, I'm going to pivot a little bit and bring you up, uh, Ted. Uh, you know, one of the things, and it's kind of, I think we're like, both of you guys, so up and only LARPing kind of brought up or mentioned too. It's like, is this sort of changing fan landscape and, and fans wanting something different, right? And whether that's from the viewing experience or participation or engagement. Um, but I'm curious for you, you know, looking at pickleball as, you know, right, arguably you could say the, the fastest growing sport in America uh, right now. Right. Where what was that motivation and, and what you saw in terms of like the opportunity to create a more organized, like professional pickleball league and team? W what did you see that drove you to that? 
Yeah, so I would say, you know, the league existed before we came in and had our team, right? Um, you know, we came in on the heels of like LeBron and Tom Brady and Gary Vee and Mark Cuban and these guys coming in and purchasing teams. You know, our thought was that we could have a fundamentally different take on what a professional sports team looked like. You know, historically pro sports teams are owned by, let's be real, it's like old wealthy white dudes who have it as a trophy asset, right? Um, and we just sort of asked this question of like, what if you flip it on its head and you have a team that's owned by the community, that's owned by a larger group of people who each have their own, you know, unique skill sets that can bring things to the table that, um, you know, a single family might not be able to, right? Um, and so we have this idea of, you know, what does it look like to have a team that eventually is fan-owned, fan-controlled, um, and where people have, you know, a meaningful economic incentive in it, right? Like, it's just, I come from the Web3 world, right? And so much of that is asking this question of, how do we properly align incentives? And it was just crazy to me that, you know, the value of a franchise comes from the fans and yet they get nothing from it. Um, and so we, you know, try to apply sort of web three values to this world. And we have, you know, a very large ownership group for a professional sports team. And over time, we're figuring out ways to, you know, further democratize it. Um, but like kind of back to what you're asking originally, you know, Pickleball is a community-driven sport, you know, like 97% of pickleball players cannot name the number one player in the world, right? Like imagine if 97% of basketball players didn't know who LeBron was, like they never heard of him, right? And so pickleball mainly exists outside of the pro game. And so, you know, what we really are focusing on is how do we build community at the local level with our team? How do you get the pro players involved, you know, in community events? How do you run your own local tournaments and activations and things? that really speak to, you know, the average player that's out there. So, you know, it's definitely really different from, I think, a lot of pro sports where it's driven by these celebrity athletes. Um, ours is really more of like a ground up, you know, kind of impact. And so over time, we're just really figuring out how do we increase the fan engagement and viewership of a sport that, you know, doesn't have like a lot of emphasis on the pros, I guess. I'm curious to, to hear was there anything in like when you're looking at like the metrics of the community around the team and right that community ownership model? Was there any insights or or data points that surprised you in terms of who was actually participating and wanted to be a part of this community? I mean, the first one was just you know how many people play and yet how few people were involved at the pro level. Um, you know, another one that was really surprising for us was just how quickly the demographic is changing. Like I think pickleball has a reputational as this sort of like retiree sport. You know, the first time I played was me getting destroyed by these two guys who must've been almost 80 years old. And like, I played tennis all growing up, you know, I thought I was gonna be good and, and got really worked over by them. Um, and so I think seeing how quickly it's shifting to a young person sport is really interesting. Seeing, you know, at the college level, um, like club and then, you know, more like, real college sports that are developing in pickleball has been really interesting as well. Um, and also just seeing like, you know, the breakdown between men and women coming to the sport, like really egalitarian in a way that many, many sports are not. Um, and like the participation from women has just been phenomenal um, in the way that they've been able to find community, um, you know, like locally here in Austin, I think has been really powerful. Um, so those are some that, you know, we, we think are interesting. And then also just you know, how broadly there's love for this sport. I mean, our ownership group, you know, contains a pretty diverse group of people like folks from, you know, 
Little Wayne to Zach Bryan, who comes from opposite worlds of you know the sports sides. Um, you know Taylor Fritz to Miles Garrett, like GPs from top venture funds, big family offices. Um, it's just everyone really loves it and finds commonality in it. So that's one of the things that I think is unique and different. Is like there's no one cohort that owns pickleball or that watches it the most. It's really something for everybody, which isn't an opportunity that comes up that often, I think, in pro sports. I mean, I think that's also just something across the board that's changing, too, is there is a perception that majority, you know, fan bases were this one population. And in that, you know, I think I bring back to a lot in my head to, to Angel City in L.A. because I think it's been a really exciting example of a startup model that has wildly surpassed a lot of the establishment's expectations of what the, you know, the business of the team could do in a short period of time. And that was a lot of people saying, well, like there isn't enough demand. You don't have, there aren't enough fans like, or for them, I think they dealt with a lot of people where it was like uh, people saying like, well, there aren't a lot of like women's sports, like female sports fans. And they proved that that's not the case. And so I think for, for all three of you, it's also like, you're not just like creating a new experience for existing sports fans by changing the model and like presenting something new. You're also allowing people that weren't necessarily engaged or didn't feel like a part of the equation to have a, like a, an avenue to actually like be a fan and to be become tied to something new and exciting. Um, so I, I realized that wasn't a question. So <laughs> maybe that was, that's bad uh, moderating on my part, but one, one thing I did want to bring up, because this is like key to any sports, right, is the content, like creation and distribution, right? We'll, right, for lack of better terms, like the TV deal. And I'm curious from, and we can go through each of you, you want to bring up like how you're approaching just distribution from a standpoint of not just like getting out in front of the existing, but how do you use that to reach new audiences? Yeah. So maybe, I- maybe Sora or... Sorry, only LARPing. Are you going to jump in? Sure, whatever. I uh, <clears throat> So we actually built up pretty good international distribution over the years, like good partners, Eurosport, Globo in Europe, Globo's Combate Channel, BN Sports. But we refused um, early on to sign any TV deals that would restrict our ability to stream the content for free on the internet. And so all of our events, you can find them all at karate.com, but also YouTube, On TikTok, we actually do a vertical stream, Twitter, Facebook, Kick. And then more recently, we started teaming up with some of the biggest streamers in the world, mostly in Latin America and Brazil, who are streaming the events out on their own channels with commentary in their own languages. Um, We also release all of our highlights during the event live. Um, We're about as permissive as you can possibly get. We let streamers bring their own cameras to our events. So... We're, we're trying to keep the content for free as long as we possibly can and make it as easy for new people to find Karate Combat because we still got lots of room to grow. I like that. It's the, the Grateful Dead model. Uh, yeah. Let the fans come and record and set up yeah. their own network. <laughs> yeah, we, we started out uh, uh, on our side with Twitch uh, as our primary distribution channel. Uh, we did do our first season exclusive with them uh, with the promise of a lot of uh, promotion, which we got. Um, so I think that really helped kind of get us uh, going on the platform. You know, had a ton of uh, viewers and eyeballs and, and excitement around 
season one of fan controlled football, uh, which led into the next season, which uh, really changed for us on a distribution side of things. So we went from Twitch only season one to having uh, an NBC uh, LX deal, which was one of their cable channels. Uh, we had Fubo uh, Sports, uh, DAZN internationally, uh, like only LARPing and Karate Combat. Highlights, you know, immediate on demand, no restrictions uh, of, of recording in the venue, even to the point where we let the players that are playing the game on the sidelines have their phones. They can talk to the fans during the game, uh, you know, tell them, hey, if you see this play pop up, call it, right? I, I know I can beat this guy on the slant. So, you know, creating that, uh, that back and forth kind of interactive experience through the content itself, um, I think is, is really important for us as well. And, I, and, you know, you look at the demographic, probably similar uh, to everybody here, you know, we're 18 to 34 is our core. It's 70% uh, of our audience. You know, most of that is is a young male gamer. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we really, really believe that they're not spending three hours watching an NFL game. They want short, sweet, quick. Our games are an hour, hour and a half max, right? You can consume the whole thing. Uh, obviously, lots of, uh, of content in and around on, on social. Um, so to me, that that's the new model. That's what everybody, I mean, look at, look at the NBA. You can tune into the last two minutes of games. That's a package you can buy from them, right? Like there are, every one of these big leagues is realizing that as these audiences get younger, their attention spans get shorter. Uh, and they just want to see uh, the, you know, the parts that make the you know, red zone channel of, of the NFL. I mean, these are, these are all examples of, of the way that, uh, that this content is, is changing. Um, and I think, you know, we, we're building for that audience uh, that wants short, sweet, quick, full of excitement content. Uh, and, and our belief is that it, if it's interactive and, you know, to only LARPing's point, you can bet on it. Uh, those are, that's kind of the, the secret sauce to, to get people to, to really keep coming back for more. Yeah, I think, I think ours is interesting in that we've kind of gone the opposite direction, right? So, you know, it used to be that at the league level, we were paying TV providers to stream our games, right? And now we're moving into being paid for it. Um, and, you know, we have Pickleball TV, which is the JV between the tennis channel and like our league hold co. Um, but then, you know, we're on like ESPN for like the finals and things like that. And there's some other big sports channels who are starting to pick up like the more like the deep matches, right? Like semifinal, final kind of stuff. What we're looking at, though, is, you know, our own regional providers, right? Like kind of around Texas. But more than that is having our own announcers and our own sort of ranchers cast and pulling in celebrity owners to do like the Twitch streaming kind of thing and to have our own commentary on our own matches, which we think is really compelling. Um, and then producing our own events as well, you know, having our own like pro-am events and fun formats and things like that. Um, you know, we're planning a, a college slam with like a, a big brand, you know, for the fall and that's gonna be cast. So I think we're figuring out like, what are other fun formats, you know, that like Sarab was saying that aren't the entire match that are some small component of it that give these really like highlight worthy clips and things that people will tune into um, and seeing like, what's the best format for delivering that I think is cool. Is it, you know, people who are a part of our community and having it be NFT gated is it just starting live on YouTube is it on Twitch. Like there's a lot of options, but what I think is compelling about it is we're moving from the model of like full matches, you know, streamed on big channels to now like, what are the you know small bites that people can take um, to get excited about? Said we should do an interactive match on a LED floor and let the fans light up different sections and change scoring a bit as the, as the guys play. 
It sounds awesome. Yeah. Or even like, you know, there's even like strategy, you know, like we could do something that yeah. looks like fan control um, for pickleball, like what plays to run, the types of serves that you're going for, you know, um, there's, there's different strategies. I think people might not be as familiar with like the tactics of pickleball as they are football, right? There's probably a little bit more of a learning curve, but it would be a really fun experiment to watch for sure. So yeah, yeah. man, let's do it. Well, look, what, what we saw too is like even people, we had tons of fans in the first two seasons that weren't football fans that yeah. were drawn to the experience because it was interactive. Oh, cool. We use that as the learning to be able to teach them the game, right? So they're learning the game as they're playing and then watching the broadcast. And Got so, I mean, it, it could be, you know, that interactive component can really bring a whole other audience that now gets hooked because they've got a, they've become, you know, passionate about the game itself. I love it, man. Let, let's connect on it. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right, let's do it. Awesome. Love it. Love to see it. Definitely all four more LED floors. <laughs> uh, that's just my general stance. We're we're like just about on the half hour. Don't want to run too long, but just to wrap it up, if you uh, you guys just why don't you just go through and just give a shout out to like what's the next big event or moment you guys have that people can put on their calendar to to be aware of for uh, for your league and sport. Well, we've got we haven't announced uh, the date yet, but fan controlled golf is coming, uh, and it is going to be a very big deal. We got a big partner in the works. We've got uh pga tour pros playing uh it'll be a really really fun event so that one should be here in the next uh probably three to six months awesome let everyone be the caddy yeah <laughs> um we've got our draft coming up at the beginning of march uh which we're really excited for selecting an entirely new team for this season um and then our season will be kicking off then as well um and if people want to you know follow along and see like how to watch and things like that um, you can go to ranchers.com, sign up for our email list, and we'll send all that information out. Cool. And uh, <clears throat> we've got KC44 on Feb February 23rd down in Mexico City. Um, if you want to play up on the gaming, go download the app at karate.com forward slash app. You get 88 free tokens, and you can vote on which fighters you think are going to win. Earn some more tokens. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, this was great. A lot of fun. Uh, for everyone, uh, we're going to wrap this one up and just dive right into the next panel, which will be the last one of the day. So thank awesome. you, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. everybody. Bye. This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.